0: convention already has taken that form men's convention should and women have already but you know today I will have preached for a long time but because we have done a lot of teaching during the week and what the church of God need is not preaching it's teaching of the word to the outside we preach but to the inside we teach when Jesus went out he will preach the gospel but when he comes in he teaches knowledge So that the people that he raised could have the impartation from him to change the whole world. And that is my view with you. So you are going to get ready to write a lot. Where the vision light of the world emanates? From the book of Matthew chapter 5 verse 14 to 16. It says, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. What about men's group of Christ in Tabernacle? How did you come about the name Light of the World? When I was, at the, I was uh, around the age of nine, I joined a group in Nigeria called Light of the World in Christ's Apostolic Church. And our duty was to gather every Friday and intercede for the church. And we would pray every Friday from 12 midnight till 5 a.m. And we move from parish to parish... And we moved from town to town, from city to city. And we were, eventually, we, we became the, the arrowhead for Christ Apostolic Church. Uh, what happened as we grew, I was the youngest among them, really I was just a very young boy then. And they, the rest of the team were, you know, very elderly. But then we became the evangelistic arm of the church. We will go from village to village, especially villages where they they worship idols, like Stonehenge, like um, uh, Glastonbury, any city we hear that it is infiltrated with Satanism or witchcraft, we will go to them and we will evangelize. And we began to break through in all the areas that was called, you know, hard areas where they worship the devil and we have idols and, you know, stuff like that. Let me help you know this. It was in that group and through that group, I became what I am today. I became a prayer warrior. It was in that group that Jesus first appeared unto me. It was in that group that I began to have encounters of angels and going to heaven. It was in that group that the prophetic spirit of God rested upon me. And it was from that group I was really groomed to know God, to love God, and to be able to walk for the Lord. And this is what forms the, the light of the world. This is what informs the light of the world. So the light of the world should know this. You are the arrowhead of the church because you are men. It, it starts from young men to old men. And so you are the, uh, vi- the, the let me say the life, um, or the, the, the <coughs> I was going to say that um, uh, you are the nucleus of the church. Maybe, let me say this. I think that would be more appropriate. You are the centrifugal force of the church. While the women is the centripetal force. They are the one who scatter. You are the one who bring together to form destiny, to ensure that purpose is fulfilled, to ensure that dreams are fulfilled. Because the role of the father in the house is so essential. The Bible says fathers, uh, you know, my son, do not not neglect the instruction of your father and the teaching of your mother. A father, oh God, the position to instruct the family. But if you look at that scripture that I read to you very briefly There are ten things that you need to take cognizance of Number one, it says you are the light of the world Which means that anywhere you go must be lit You are the one God can send into darkness And let me help you know this the vision of heaven I received in, in, in uh, uh, the, the month of uh, February 1984, as we enter the 30th year of this church, this vision begins to be fulfilled. The month of July, from prophetic understanding, this year, we will commence by tomorrow, a new face in Christ with Tabernacle. When the power of heaven will begin to Prepare you for the revival of this country. This church was raised for the revival of the United Kingdom. And out of the United Kingdom, Europe shall be set ablaze. And that's the reason why the way that I lead you is very peculiar and is very, very different to what you probably may see all over the place. Because we are the trustees of this revival. And it begins from the month of July. So you must know this. Not only you... But anybody who belongs to this household, wherever you may be listening to me all over the world, from India, I know India, they are listening now, Nepal is listening, I know Nigeria is, and other African countries, and the United States, and Europe too, you must know this, if you belong to CFT, you are the light of the world. Anywhere you are, you are the light. No darkness can overcome you, it is impossible. And I have given, I have demonstrated that to you by going into places in Africa. They call forbidden forests to show that there is nothing forbidden. For the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. We have seen a lot of manifestation of God in all this witchcraft area. Even in the United Kingdom. Remember all the meetings we did in Cornwall, in Devonshire, in Butte, in Brassworthy, in the United Kingdom. All these names in the United Kingdom. Um, they are in Devonshire and Cornwall in Worthing, all this, what God used you to do at the time, remains still today. And you must know this, that we are about to enter into a greater harvest. So fold your sleeves. The second thing the word says is that you are a city. No member of this church should look at himself as a person, but you are a city. You have the capacity to form a city. Let me help you understand that in literary understanding. If you take yourself as a man and a woman, you give back to children, and then your children will get married and give back to children. and your children's children will get married and give back to children. You will discover that you are at the top of the pyramid and beneath you down line, you are having a lot of more people produce. And that's the reason why you men must know this. The destiny of the city is in your hands. and if you are a child of God, you are a city. And it says the other thing is that the city is built on the hill, you are built on the hill. you are built if you are a child of God, God has built you on the hill. far above principalities and powers and rulers of darkness, there is no such a thing that devil has authority or devil can do anything to you. You are built on the hill, and the hill is Jesus. Then the number four is you cannot be hidden. You can never be hidden. There's no such a thing that somebody covers my star. You know, if you're a member of safety, you know that nobody has a star anywhere. Stars are different from human beings. God created human beings higher than the stars. And so, no one can hinder you. You are the only one that can hinder yourself. You cannot be hidden. Number five, you must shine. Or else, you will be put under the bushel. Anywhere you are, your Christian values must shine. It must be revealed. You must be revealed by your conduct and character and morals. Before I stop, I will talk about transformational leadership briefly. And then in this July, we'll go deeper into it. You need to know this. Anywhere you are, you must shine. Or else you will be put under. Number seven. No, six. If you shine... you will be put on the stand. Talking about shining is talking to be exemplary, just like the qualities we found in Daniel. If you are in an office and you are dull, you will be put under. If you are in an office and you are exemplary, shine, that is, you are, ex- you are exceedingly good in your field, quickly you will be appointed to the top. To get to the top, is, it does not come by miracle. It comes by compliance with God. Now, Number seven, you must benefit everyone in the house. He said, The light will shine and bring light to the whole house. Number eight, you must shine before men. He said, Let your light shine before men. Because what? Men are in darkness. Anybody who is not born again is in darkness. So let your light shine before men. Don't be pessimists. Be optimist. Number eight, you must... Number nine, men must see your good works. Men must see your good works. We must affect our neighborhood. (coughs) You must you must have the dream of putting an end and solving the problem of the United Kingdom. And we will. I say we will. God will raise this church to put an end to homelessness because we will build several homes which can help the poor. God will use this church to put an end to joblessness because we will establish industries that can never fail. All the intellectual knowledge that we are acquiring is not for nothing. We will do what the government cannot do. We will look at the area the government is struggling and we will find solution, a lasting solution by the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Men must see your good deeds. You know, some people used to say that, oh, don't, let, don't blow your trumpet when it comes to good deeds, but God said, blow your trumpet. Oh, they said that the Bible says, what your left hand gives, your right hand should not know. You didn't read it well. It says when you are given to the poor. Are we together? But your social corporate uh, uh, responsibility, you must achieve it. And you must let the government know. You must impact society. You must impact the community. Your impact must not only be limited to your family, it has to extend to the community. So that the community, through our impact, will understand the love of Jesus. And number 10, your deeds must bring glory to God. Having said that, I've just spent about 14 minutes. Let me take you to a little brief too. This week, we did a lot of lecture on the men who changed their world. And we look at the qualities of the men that God can use to change their world. Not every Christian will change their world. If you look at when Jesus was on earth, um, many people followed him. But in chapter um, 6 of Luke, he decided to appoint 12. Out of many and designated them. The Bible used the word designated. He designated them as his apostles. What is unique about these people are the elements we found in um, Daniel which we looked at during the week. Number one they were loyal they were dedicated and they were committed to service. These people had all the elements that God spoke about concerning Daniel when he was a slave in Babylon. They were, they have this um, element of royalty, nobility, no defects, pure and sincere, and very fine, perfumed character. They were handsome. They had the virtues of holiness. They show aptitude to every kind of learning because they read the Bible. Anybody who reads the Bible very well cannot be a dull brain. It's impossible. I told you this. That reading the Bible and you Christians, making your children read the Bible from infant, you're only preparing them to become geniuses in, in future. Because Bible is a mystery, and if you can read it regularly and, you know, uh, study it, it opens all cells of your brain and IQ. They the showed aptitude to learning. They were well informed. They were quick to understand. And... Jesus designated them apostles. Now let me help you know this therefore that um, when Jesus designated these people as apostles, whenever Jesus spoke to the crowd, he spoke in parable but when he comes in, he teaches them and impacted himself into them. He put his replica into each of these people, isn't it? And these people drop their identity And picked up the identity of Jesus. They dropped their individual visions. And they picked up the vision of Jesus Christ. In other words, they aligned their purpose to the purpose of Jesus Christ. And that is the reason why when Jesus departed, everything they were doing, people saw that it was not different from Jesus. And that is where the word Christians came from. Because these people were behaving like Christ we together now. And I think that is um, confirmed by your lecture on transformational leadership, isn't it? Okay. Let us rapport together now. I said that attributes that you saw in Christ, appointing apostles and people twelve and designated them apostles. And then, how Jesus Christ lived with them, work with them, train them, revealed secrets to them, so that he now sent them out in Luke chapter nine, those two he sent them out in Luke chapter nine to preach the gospel and heal the sick and do exactly what he did and in chapter ten of Luke, he now took the second tier of leadership seventy two people he sent them out <coughs> to do the same thing that he was doing. I think if you look at all the theories of transformational leadership is that not so come on now is it not so if you didn't if you were not in the meeting just say yes Yes. amen now before we zero in in the transformational leadership and then i will finish this this lecture with you we need to understand that from intellectual reasoning there are seven dimensions of leadership the first leadership which, which was the origin of human studies about leadership is called the great man theory the second leadership that we can deduce from human leadership is called the traits theory that is the theory where you are you you believe that there are born leaders and others believe there are no born leaders i'm going to teach this a lot deeper in the in the in our convention in the in in, in 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 this july Number third theory of leadership is called behavioral theory and number four is contingency theory. Number five is transactional theory and number six is transformational theory. During our anniversary in March, I did expository lectures on each of these dimensions of leadership. You can find that on our website. And then number seven is servant leadership. And we find that Jesus Christ and all the men who changed their world in the Bible, they were transformational leaders and they were servant leaders. Alright? They were transformational leaders and servant leaders. Well, what is about transformational leadership? And this is the leadership Jesus said every Christian should be. It is a leadership that is defined as a process through which a leader engages others to complete a common goal. It's a leadership method by which a leader ensures, empowers, encourages his team, all right, to achieve a common goal. In a marriage, a marriage that lacks that will suffer. A church that lacks that will soon fade away. And so you men have great assignments to do. I haven't been taught about these powerful things. Now the fact about transformational leadership is that the engagement of transformational leadership entails building trust with team members to create meaningful connection that fosters an increase in motivation and morale for all parties. And because of that, transformational leaders are people who focus on the need of others with the goal of enabling them to reach their potential. Okay? Concentrating on the need of those who work with you and focusing on them. Empowering them to reach their full potentials—is that not Jesus Christ giving you and I the Holy Spirit, so that He can help us to get the best out of us? Transformational leaders are, indivi- are you know bunch of individuals who are able to stimulate others meaningfully, in, and it, they, they stimulate others in meaningful engagements. And ensure common vision is attainable. But let me say this to you: you need this as we move into our global revival, so that every one of us understand that God requires you to be built up, so that you can raise others up. God requires you that in any achievement that you have, you can create more achievers. I was very glad to say this everywhere I went in the world that um, two years ago we had, uh, you know, we decided to do a survey of people and in this church we discovered that we had 24 people who came out with first class in their their first degree. And the second year after we saw, we discovered that they have risen to 42. Now if you have 42 people with first class degree and some of them with, with distinction in their master's Someone tell me that they do not have a future in this place. And I'll tell you i a liar. What do you call future? Future is the manifestation of the imprint of today. What you do to your life today will define what will happen to you in the future. A lot of Christians have been lied to. Especially about Satan. You know, every prayer is against the devil. Forget it. If you are listening to my voice today, your peace or your trouble, your comfort, or your sorrow today is as a result of something you engage yourself with yesterday. And so, you can make an amen today and conform with God and the scriptures so that your tomorrow can be better. You cannot live your life daily just the way you want it. Only to grow up to the age of 50 and recognize your life is so short. And then you live the rest of your life in regrets. Because of every lacuna you have created for yourself that comes to quagmire. Let me say something to you. This convention is about renewing your heart. Renewing your mind. And taking up your life in your own hand. Being responsible for yourself. So that we can do better today today. To create a better tomorrow. And this is all what this conference is all about. Let me say this. That um, I give you a little bit more on transformational leadership. If you look at the, the book of John chapter 14 verse 12. Jesus says, if you have faith in me, you will do the things I've been doing and greater works shall you do. And we recognize that it's in conformity with, you know several ways we understand that transformational leadership could be achieved. Number one, a transformational leader must focus more on the final product than the method. You focus on your final product than the method. In your office, if you are a team leader and you are given a task to achieve, you focus more on the final product than the method because when you instruct Various people to do one thing, they will come about the answer, the result in various ways. And if you are a person that is stuck on your old ways, you will have stifled others who have new innovation, and they can bring better innovation to your table and get your job done excellently. The second thing is transformational leadership, stresses the importance of leadership charisma. You train the people on charisma. I'm so glad for people, you know, the children grown in this church. Because when they get to the primary school, secondary school, many of them have become head boys and stuff. University, they are so bold when they do muting in field of law or other things. Or, you know, they have to speak in the public. They have the boldness because they are trained with it. They are exposed to the, to the congregation to come and share what they are convinced about. And that builds up their boldness, builds up their charisma. You need this in any field of life to be successful. It is more important for a leader to inspire others than to control them. Number three, transformational leadership suggests that leaders... Entails moral responsibility. I told you last uh, yesterday that you should take note of something: your moral standard must be without bargain your ethic must be so firm the bible says in the book of romans chapter chapter 12 verse 2 do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world but be ye transformed by the renewal of your mind if you watch the television today over the past one week you will have seen something celebrated all over the globe am i talking good what is celebrated ar- ar- across the globe within the past 50 years some changes have happened in government of nation the laws of nation which has debased the moral standard of nations and redefine what morality is and let me help you know something you christians it is just the beginning because a time will come that they will now begin to redefine all what Christianity stands for, they will now begin to impose them on Christians in their offices, in their schools, because currently they have laws to indoctrinate Christian children wrongly. And they have had laws to intimidate parents so that many parents feel that they are limited to what they can do to their children. They achieved that first before the devil now moves to Now let us infest the children with wrong teaching. So that anybody can just decide anything in his mind that that is what he is. And in a short time we will soon become a law. I was speaking to my, my partner yesterday, the chairman of Liberty Council, you know, the law firm in America that um, fights for, you know, religious liberty. And he was saying to me that, he said... Apostle, you know, in America, a teacher just came and said to the students, I am not, no more a man, neither am I a woman. And said, from today, don't address me as he, as he or she, address me as they and them. And they, he went to the head teacher, oh, the head teacher said, this is Interesting. And then the head teacher took an interview of him and said, please come over and teach everybody this new dimension. America is fighting against Equality Act right now. But will they succeed? For now when Trump is there, they may not. But when Trump is away, Satan will have his way in America. Write me down. But believers need to understand this. Because Satan is breathing threats against the church. Through the law. Through socialism. And many other ways. To debase and redefine moral standard. That's why every one of you must follow Jesus and be transformational leader. You must think about what you will leave as a legacy when you pass on. And what you will... How... You, how many lives have you impacted? In my closing, in the next five minutes, take this. Take note of this. Everything we read about um, Daniel, everything we read about Moses. Everything we read about Solomon in his lifetime, everything we read about, you know, David, everything we read about Paul and the rest of the apostles show that they are transformational leaders. Paul went to Athens where they all serve idols. He entered into the shrine of idols. He didn't bind any spirit before entering there like many would do in our days. When he entered the, 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 the shrine, he said, I perceive that you guys um, are very religious. This is idol worshipers, magicians, and people who are venomous. Oh, he said, by the way, I was going from one temple to the other, and I found the temple written to the unknown God. And he said, this unknown God I bring to you if it is today's christianity some people will say that oh because you are going there you need to really prepare yourself you need to really fast and pray all those teachings are from the devil we together now to fast and pray against the devil because you are going to a place called a shrine is because you are ignorant of who you are and every one of you need to know this i'm not teaching you what i have not done when we went to the evil forest in africa i never prayed when we went to Casadega in America, uh, Paul Steva was talking about, uh, uh, my friend Mark Steva. he was talking about it yesterday with those who were with me. They told me in America there's a borough where it's dedicated to Lucifer and all stuff like that. I said, okay, let's go. We got to the borough which was called Casadega, and I went to the head of the witches there, and I asked her, Where is this concentration? Where, where do you have your concentrated energy here? That's what they use. If you hear anybody teaching the gospel and using the word energy vibration, be very careful. They are not in the scriptures. It all came from Satanism. Be very, very careful. The power of God is not energy, it's not vibration, it is the power of God. But when it comes to interpreting occultism in Africa, in Western uh, uh, understanding, that's when we use vibri- the use vibration energy and also stop. And the woman gave me the map and showed us right there the spot of their concentration of vibration. And we went there and I put my foot in the river and I prophesied over that ground that the church will rise up from among you. Rebuked every spirit that they have worshiped for 100 years at the time I went there. Went back to the woman and God opened up the prophetic and God told me about her life. And I told her, why did you end up in this way? Listen to me, beloved. The power of God is manifestation. It's not theory. And it cannot be theorized. (laughs) You can't philosophize it either. And so, today standing on that ground is a cathedral of 3,000 sithras. According to the prophetic. You must understand this in our time. Anything less than transformational leadership will fail us. The world is looking for manifestation of the sons of God not acclaimed children of God they are looking for a peculiar people who do not consider themselves as part of this world they are looking for people who can demonstrate Jesus Christ as written in the Bible and who are those people it is you but you must remember the three major pillars loyalty to God then number two and three that is what the angel who appeared to me last week told me in the island of Patmos. Tell God's people, three things that God cherished so much. Loyalty to the Father, unbroken loyalty. And we looked at this in life of, 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 of the, the, um, Daniel this week. Dedication to, to the Father. The Word of God is your, is your final authority and commitment to service. However, all this can be summarized in high-impact leadership. All these people who changed the world, what, what, what was in them that changed the world is the attributes of high-impact leadership. Now, write down. Number one attribute, they are positive. Number two attribute, they were proactive. They are not defensive people. They think ahead and plan ahead and work towards the plan. Number three, they are purposeful. They were never human beings without a purpose. A person who lives a life without a purpose is a failed person. Frustrated soul. Number four, they are progressive people. Always add values every day The book of Peter tells us that, First Peter. Number five, they are responsible people. Virtue. All right. Royalty. Alright? Prudence. A Christian who does not behave like an unbeliever. They don't dance, praise and worship in church and go to parties and dance with the devil. if you dance to songs of people who are not born again, you are dancing with Satan, because Satan gave them most of their this music. I give you the fifth one, yes, and number six, conscientious. However, we will look at this area very, very detailed, and I think I will teach you more because. It will propel your spiritual argument. It will build your career. I want to produce future leaders in Great Britain. Don't look at the color of your skin. It has to do with what you know. And I believe very much that in the next election we will have members of parliament coming out of this church. I believe also that within the next 5-10 years we will have members of House of Lords coming out from this house. The only way we can make God happen in England is by seizing taking over the judiciary and the legislation. Because these are the two principalities that can determine limits and jurisdiction and freedom or bondage of citizen. Write this seven down. Seven key seven key characteristics found in a high impact leader. Number one systemic understanding. Number two, emotional intelligence. Number three, values orientation. Number one, systemic understanding. Number two, emotional intelligence. Number three, values orientation. Number four, compelling vision. Number five, inclusive style. Number six, innovative approach. And seven, long-term perspective. I read it again. One, systematic understanding. Two, emotional intelligence. Three, values orientation. Four, compelling vision. Five, Inclusive style. Six, innovative approach. And seven, long-term perspective. So then, in conclusion, Deuteronomy 28, verse 12. And I'll pray with you. Shall we read this together? Okay, 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 okay. I've just finished my preaching now. I want to read it cathedral way. I think those from New Cross are here. General Headquarters. I want to know who reads the Bible better. Shall we read this scripture together? You must have work in your hand every day. And you must build your future today. You must be innovative in your mindset. You must work according to your prayer. You don't pray for something and work contrary to it. That is what happened to many Christians and they remain in the same place and they blame the devil for their failures. You don't have failures here. We have to follow Christ in His transformational power leadership. We we'll finish that scripture. You will what? Yes, it Say it again. I. Yes, it one more time. Yes, but the next verse says, "Shall we read together?" No. twelve and thirteen. Say it again Yes uh-huh. I leave with this: You must not be at the bottom, because the Bible says you must not. I want to leave this with, with every one of you. No one should complain against what government is not able to do again. <clears throat> that is a, mediocre, a med- mediocre way of reasoning. If you can understand there is something the government could do to better the life of, of the community, God just gave you an understanding. Work at it and bring the solution and get it done. we together, don't you ever think yourself low. I want to see people becoming inventors in this house. If you're a medical doctor, go and do research on how to cure some diseases. Cancer is a menace on earth. Come back to me and give me the cure to it. If you set your heart to gain understanding, Holy Ghost will help you. Those of you in engineering, in, in, um, you know, uh, computer field, go put your brain together. Bring invention that will bring comfort to humanity and that will glorify the name of God. Those of you who are studying, study so hard. So that you can excel in knowledge and standard. And we will not have to pray, pray, pray for you to get a job. Job will be waiting for you before you finish your studies. I will together because the Bible says you will be head, And they say you will always be worth on top and not in the bottom. Shall we rise up together please. Father we thank you so much. For grace and mercy... And your word that have been sent out to your people today will accomplish the purpose for which you are sending. So shall it be and so it is. Anyone under my voice that is suffering from headache, I command headache to cease right now in the name of Jesus. I command every pain in your joints, in your bones, in your marrows. I curse them from their root to die in the name of Jesus Christ. If there be anybody who was born with a defect or a deformity, I reverse it in the name of Jesus. I command it to be restored back to the originality of God. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. It is written, every tree that my heavenly father did not plant shall be pulled out from the roots. Whatever is found in your life, planted by man, human thoughts, or planted by your misguided Anything planted into you by the devil, contrary to destiny God has given, I command them to be weeded off in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I command strength to your spirit. I command repentance to your soul. I command restoration to your life in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Father, we bless you because it is done. In Jesus' holy name we have prayed. Somebody say amen. Somebody say amen. Put your hands together for the King of Heaven.